Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block Ripping up fantasy stock Working around the clock Look at the view from the top Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods, yeah One in particular, I'm just a messenger Let me just pass on the rock Browning, brunning, bruning Pronouncing ain't what he's doing What he's doing is not losing But infusing you with new things And there's Dennis the Bennett, yeah the man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, cultured in pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round table come take a look at the crown baby go hello and welcome to another episode of the fantasy football roundtable podcast hey good news america not only are dennis and i back with you in prime time the broncos are back with you in prime time too so you get pumped Dennis, another uh, another wild week. My team hasn't let me down because they didn't play yet. Your team couldn't let you down because they were on a bye. We've got to be feeling good, right? I feel fantastic, man. It's, I mean, what I'm like if if my adopted team, the Browns, had performed better. Granted, I did pick the Patriots, but you know, at least the Lions didn't lose. You know, I picked the Cowboys too, so we all. We all make mistakes of the heart. Well, uh, we're happy to have you. As a reminder, we are part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. Uh, you can find all the shows on the network following the hashtag TPPN. We're going to dive into a wild week six. And you know what? We're going to start with a team that disappointed us right out of the box. I believe one of us, and that would be this one, uh, said the 49ers might be the best team in the NFC West. And you know what? Kyle Shanahan took that and said, hold my beer. Uh, in a 28-14 to 14 loss to his former team, the Atlanta Falcons. Dennis, we see the 49ers come out and like clock the Rams on Monday Night Football, but we've also seen them now lose to the Bears in Chicago, to the Falcons in Atlanta, whatever that Sunday night game was in Denver. Are they too inconsistent to trust? Um, you know, it seems like they – they struggle sometimes with playing down to competition. And then the Falcons made a couple plays and got some scores. And then the, the 49ers ended up only rushing the ball. Um, what is it? Uh, 16 times for the entire game. And they, you know, their, their method of winning isn't to have Jimmy Garoppolo throw the ball 41 times. That just isn't how they're going to be successful. Um, you know, if you roster Kittle, it was great for you. If you started Brandon Ayuk, it was great for you. Heck, even without touchdowns, Debo Samuel was good for you. Um, but they need to be, they need a more balanced game to to be successful. So, you know, is it and it's just playing down to the competition. The the Falcons were amped up. I for whatever reason, maybe they have a chip on their shoulder because of Shanahan. 
Um, maybe they're blaming him for their Super Bowl loss directly. I don't know, but the, the Falcons came out and played well. Yeah, let's look at the Falcons side for a minute. You know, obviously 49ers have a pretty tough defense, one of the better defenses in the NFL. Marcus Mariota's numbers aren't eye-popping, but he was 13 out of 14, threw for 129, got a couple passing touchdowns, carried it six times for 50 yards and a rushing touchdown. Have we been underrating him? Um, As an NFL quarterback, yeah, maybe a touch. As a fantasy quarterback, I don't think so. I think we all expected that as long as Mariota could stay healthy, um, he was going to be able to perform with his legs, and that would add additional value. I mean, the the game script is crazy when you look at it. The Falcons ran the ball 40 times. The 49ers ran it 16. The Niners threw it 41, and the Falcons threw it 14. It was like a complete opposite. Um, ball control. Atlanta, you know, they used their two young running backs to grind it out. And then Marcus Mariota ran it to make some big plays. Uh, He ended up with two touchdown passes and a touchdown run. Uh, Unfortunately, my guy, uh, Tyler Algier, didn't get it. But, you know, Mariota is playing well enough to, I think, keep Desmond Ritter on the bench. You know, they're not going to throw the the towel in yet, but uh, they're going to throw it in probably four or five, maybe six weeks. We'll start to see a little more Desmond Ritter. He's almost playing too well. You know, Atlanta Atlanta was a team we thought was going to bottom out. The offensive plan yesterday almost reminds you of when Arthur Smith was in Tennessee, except for there's no Derrick Henry. Uh, We'll move over to Cleveland, where the New England Patriots came into town and hung 38 on the Browns, uh, who managed just 15 in the losing effort. We thought it was going to be predominantly on the ground, but the Patriots only ran for 98 yards as a team. It was a lot of Bailey Zappi, who threw for over 300 yards, two touchdowns, and no interceptions. Dennis, I heard a couple of people bantering on talk radio about You froze on me, or I froze on you. Oh, hey, you're back. Yeah, sorry. The apparently my internet is just preparing itself for life with the Broncos. So I heard on the talk radio a little of conversation about whether it should be uh, Bailey Zappi instead of Mac Jones. What do you think about that? And didn't we hear that same thing about whether or not it should be Cooper Rush or, or Dak Prescott? Not that don't, Mac Jones. Don't is, jump ahead. Don't not jump that ahead. Mac Jones is Dak Prescott, but I, I think Mac Jones is Bailey Zappi's ceiling. He's going to be, he's a game manager. You know, New England kind of structures their game plan to take advantage of the other team's perceived weakness. Uh, They did it by, you know, on defense, by stifling Nick Chubb. And on offense, they apparently they felt they could beat the Cleveland linebackers because Zappi certainly didn't throw for, I mean, he threw for 309, but on 34 attempts, it's not like he was bombing away. Um, You know, what Parker had, well, I guess John Smith's was a catch and run uh, for 53. Um, so there was definitely some yards after the catch. They were getting guys downfield a little bit and letting them make some plays. But Zappi is, you know, a game manager. We've seen Mac Jones have this kind of game too. And I think Jones is a, a better version of this. And when he's back healthy, he'll be the starter. And uh, Bill Belichick will trade Bailey Zappi for a you know, early third round pick and turn it into an all pro defensive end. Uh, you're muted. Part of me wonders if it's not so much Bailey Zappi as the Patriots uh, offensive wonderkins actually finally figuring out what works. Right. On the flip side, the Browns dropped to two and four on the season one and three at home. Another kind of uh, middling and ugly performance. They still have a while before Deshaun Watson comes back 
What do they need to do to get better? Uh, use a time machine to get to week 12. I mean, I, did, we, did we have outsized expectations for what the Browns would be able to accomplish with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback for 11 games? You know, I, I think Deshaun Watson's going to have a good end of the season because he's a much better quarterback. But the Browns are, you know, they've got a pretty good offensive line. One of, the, one of the best, if not the best running backs in the game that they frequently misuse by either A, not giving enough carries, or B, not giving any receptions to. Um, and I get that Kareem Hunt is good in that aspect of the game, but so is Nick Chubb, and Nick Chubb is substantially more explosive than Kareem Hunt. And they don't really have a second receiver after Amari Cooper. Nobody has really stepped up to be that legitimate second wide receiver threat. Najoku's having a good year, and Harrison Bryan is uh, okay as your second tight end. But they really need somebody to be that wide. They, they need a Michael Gallup. You know, they need a Devonta Smith. They need they they need somebody to be that too. And they just don't have anybody there. And then you throw into the mix that if he could get away with it, Kevin Stefanski would run the ball 35 times. Uh, I mean, he would give, you know, only 15 of them to Nick Chubb. He would have the Ernest Johnson, Jerome Ford, and uh, Kareem Hunt split the other carries. But, you know, it is what it is. They, we just have to remember, don't outsize our expectations on what we expect for both the Browns NFL prospects this year and the Browns fantasy prospects this year. Well, you know, Will Fuller still out there. We shall see. <laughs> on to a game that was a surprising outcome. On Friday, I mentioned that I wanted to pick the Jets. Apparently, I should have followed what my heart wanted because they managed to come up with the 27-10 to 10 win in Green Bay on Sunday. Dennis, are the Jets contenders? I think they're playoff contenders. I don't think they're Super Bowl contenders. Uh, there's definitely a lot of growth that needs to happen with Zach Wilson. Brees Hall looks great. Uh, Michael Carter looks really good as the change of pace back. That's definitely turned into a two-for-one split. So um, I, I think they've got a really, really strong, strong running game. But their offense in the passing game just hasn't clicked as well with Zach Wilson as it was with uh, the KG veteran and elite Joe Flacco. Uh, I mean, hell, uh, Elijah Moore didn't even get a target yesterday. And when Rich Samini pointed it out, Moore retweeted Samini pointing it out. He kind of, frankly, kind of whiny, sounded kind of whiny. Yeah, well, you know who did get a target? Braxton Berrios. He also got a catch and a rush for 20 yards and a touchdown. So you must have been feeling good about your boy. Yeah, I'm not. A, I'm off the Berrios train. On the flip side, the Packers continue to be a uh, confounding mystery. What do you make of their passing game? Randall Cobb obviously going out with injury yesterday. Uh, can't be anything good for them. You know, Romeo Dubs was um, inefficient for four catches on nine targets. Robert Tunyon had a resurgence, 10 out of 12 for 50, was it 50 or 90, 90 yards. Uh, and Lazard, another inefficient day, but 76 yards and a touchdown. They, they need to get better at, they just can't, you, you just can't have your top two wide receivers going four for nine. Um, you're not going to win that way. Rodgers at 41 passes, only 246 yards, but they also only had 19 total carries for Dylan and Jones. Those are the two best weapons that team has, and they just don't want to use them. It's kind of crazy to me that you look at Aaron Jones, and, and Rodgers made mention of it in post game, basically saying he thought that Aaron Jones should get 20 touches. Um, they needed to simplify things. And by simplify, he means 
let me do what I want to do because I, I can show you I can win. You know, LaFleur, I think, outsmarts himself. Well, the one game, the best game they've looked this season was getting Aaron Jones the ball a lot. He actually has a lower target rate uh, this year than he has the last three years combined, which is, is astounding. Another fascinating finish, the Indianapolis Colts displaying all the offense we didn't get to see on Thursday night football, managed the 34-27 to win over the Jaguars, kind of knocking that uh, demon out of their closet. Dennis, the Jags were at 1.2-1 and with a huge win over the Chargers, but they have slumped now to 2-4. and four. Has the shine kind of gone off the Jacksonville season? Uh I I think they we need to remember that they are still a rebuilding team with a first year coach and a second year quarterback. Uh, I think they're going to be fine. I think well we probably picked them in what the five to six maybe seven win range, and I think they still yeah. get there. That's I thought a six to seven win team, and they probably are that now. We just got excited. <laughs> right, right. You know Zay Jones, he was. Functional for in PPR at 9.2 points. Evan Ingram, nine points. Christian Kirk saved his, his day with a touchdown, uh, four for 24. That wasn't great. But Travis Etienne ran the ball well, 10 for 86. And uh, James Robinson, 12 for 54. It, it was a bummer that you know, nobody started Jamichael Hasty. That was uh, in Joe Dolan's words. That was a, a sick of me, sick of this touchdown. On the flip side, Matt Ryan just uh, exploding. Forty two of fifty eight, three hundred eighty nine yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Where has this Matt Ryan been all season? I don't know, but I I'm not comfortable having Matt Ryan throw the ball fifty eight times. Uh, that was a lot, and. He had a, a pretty good day, but 42 for three, 42 completions for 389 yards and three touchdowns. It looks good in the stat sheet, but when you figure he threw 58 passes, and they only ran the ball 15 times outside of Matt Ryan after Deion Jackson went down. Now, Jackson was great. 10 catches for 75 yards, 12 carries for 42 and a touchdown. That was very productive, but you know he was—he's fool's gold. He's—we don't expect him to get much opportunity when Jonathan Taylor returns. So if you started Jackson these last couple of weeks, um, good for you. I started in most places. There were a couple spots I left him on my bench that kind of regret. I started Curtis Samuel over him uh, in in one league. That was kind of a bummer. Probably cost me that 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 win yeah i'm with you though 58 times feels like a lot it was kind of encouraging alec pierce continuing to be good and just when i had given up on paris campbell though dude goes out there and gets 57 yards and a touchdown now i don't know what to believe and, and 11 targets i mean campbell's been at the top of the wide receiver snaps most of the season you know, he'll, he'll play 80 percent of the snaps and get one or two targets and it was just mind-numbing. I mean, hopefully he doesn't have to have Ryan throw the ball 60 times a game to get some production. But also, I think if if Taylor's back in there, they're not going to run the ball, you know, theoretically. They're not going to run the ball just 15 times. They're going to be over 20, pushing 25 attempts with Jonathan Taylor. Um, and so that's going to impact the passing game. They had what seven, uh, seven, seven targets to tight ends, none of whom were Mo Alley Cox. Now, just about the time you pick a Colts tight end is about the time they rotate to a new one. Well, on to uh, another game. The the surprisingly five and one Vikings pull off the twenty four to sixteen win in Miami against the Dolphins. Dennis. Kirk Cousins, just another workmanlike game. Only 175 yards passing, gets a couple touchdowns. Uh, you know, it was noted this week he has yet to have a 300-yard passing game this season. But the Vikings, 5-1, and one. is this kind of the new formula, a little uh, less uh, all Kirk-centric on the Miami off- or on the Minnesota offense? 
I don't know if it's less Kirk centric. I think it kind of is how the game is playing out for them. Their defense is a lot better than it has been in the last few years. And so the defense is making more stops, putting the offense in better position. I think if you're going to have Kirk Cousins winning you games, throwing for less than 200 yards, you're not going to expect Dalvin Cook to only have 13 carries. That's going to be, I, I don't think sub 200 yards and 13 carries for Dalvin Cook is going to be a long-term winning strategy for the Minnesota Vikings. Football fans, so the first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for Week 1, everybody can experience the thrill of DraftKings with early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if the team ends up losing. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN, that is TPPN, and get $200 in free bets instantly. When you place a $5 bet this Sunday, that is code TPPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the descriptions for the episode for details. I don't know what's going on. Uh, on the flip side, the Skylar Thompson gets uh, knocked out, and Teddy Bridgewater has to uh, to come in, throws for over 300 yards, but... Miami losing their third straight game. Is it just a matter of needing Tua back, or what do they need to snap this losing streak? I, I do think they need to get healthy on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, they've shown with Tua that they can win the shootout. Um, he's the he kind of clicks in that offense. I mean, Skylar Thompson, fabulous story, uh, but man, he's not somebody you want. Right, at least not this year. Uh, trying to to will your team to victory uh, against a pretty good defense. It was uh, well. You you never want to see somebody get hurt. It was good to see Teddy come back in. He played pretty well. Twenty three for thirty four, three twenty nine and two. Um, the running game didn't give us the production we kind of expected uh, out of Raheem Mostert. But you know, if if you're Miami, you you want to to get a win. And so you're going to have to try to set things up so that when Tua comes back, expect, I think they expect him back this coming week. So yeah, they said he is starting a Sunday night football, a barn burner, the Miami dolphins and the Pittsburgh Steelers, where we'll get to their quarterback situation in a minute, but it will be interesting to see, Hey, at least Raheem Mostert actually gets touches. I'm starting to wonder why they paid Chase Edmonds all that money. Uh, down in New Orleans, the Saints uh, hosted the Bengals and fell 30-26. to A pretty good game for the Bengals offense. Joe Burrow returning to uh, New Orleans where he played college ball, threw for three touchdowns, ran for another one. More importantly, managed to stay upright most of the game. They actually got some decent yards per carry on the ground the last two weeks too. Is this offensive line starting to come together and figure it out? Um, I don't know. Figure it out's the word. I think they're starting to come together. You know, offensive lines have to get repetition so they start to move as one. I I do think it was you know Joe Mixon and Samaji Ryan combined for a grand total of ten carries. So uh, getting down a little bit that that was not a uh, uh, a good spot to be in for the Bengals if you were rostering Joe Mixon because they had to throw. So 10 to 10 targets uh, for Chase, 10 for Higgins, six for Boyd. Mixon did have five uh, and got in the end zone on a pass to kind of help salvage his fantasy day. Uh, but it was kind of all Jamar Chase at the end there when they needed to pull the game out. Yeah, and he looked good. On the flip side, you know, the Saints, no Jameis Winston, no Michael Thomas, no Chris Olave. Is it just a matter of missing too many pieces for the Saints? I think so. I mean, Jarvis Landry was out as well. And I I think 
for them, it's they need to, they need to get consistent play from the quarterback. You, you can't rely on Taysom Hill to have a bunch of you know half a dozen wildcat plays to score you a couple touchdowns. Uh, it needs to be a little more conventional in in my eyes. Um, boy, I sounded old there. Uh, but I, I, I don't know if Winston's the long-term answer. I don't know if they have a long-term answer uh, on their roster at quarterback. I think Winston does some things well. Dalton does some things okay. And Taysom Hill runs the ball. Uh, but I do think, uh, uh, you know, and Ian Book is the other guy down there. At least he was. I don't, I don't know that he's the answer either. So they're probably going to be in the market for a new quarterback. Depends on what question you're asking, I guess. Uh, on to New York, where the uh, other New York team also got a win. The Giants beat the Ravens 24-20 to to move to 5-1. and one. Dennis, for the Ravens, you know, we've been preaching patience with J.K. Dobbins, trying to get him back and going along, but seven carries for 15 yards while we saw Kenyon Drake have 10 carries for 119. Jackson running for 77 on seven totes. Is it time to start getting a little concerned if you roster J.K. Dobbins? You know, maybe we got a little bit overzealous on how well and how fast he was going to come back from that pretty uh, devastating knee injury. Um, I, I think it does kind of give us a nice blueprint for what to expect for Javante Williams. Uh, you know, Dobbins tore a lot of stuff up in that knee. And while he's playing okay, I do think he got a little bit dinged up this week as well. But Kenyon Drake is healthy, and he's running the ball well. So I, I think you do have to be nervous. Wouldn't surprise me, though, if they come out next week and J.K. Dobbins gets 17 carries. Yeah, or Mike Davis. You never know with them. On the flip side, another workmanlike game for the Giants. But we did get to see Wandale Robinson out there playing. He caught three balls for 37 yards and a touchdown. What did you think? It was nice to see him finally get going. It looks like he can step into that uh, Sterling Shepard role uh, with a little bit more explosiveness than Shepard provided. I don't think we could, we need to necessarily go overboard. I mean, it was four targets and three catches for only 37 yards. Uh, if he hadn't gotten into the end zone, would we be quite as excited about it? I mean, he look. We we know we know he can make some plays, but he's a little guy. He's not big. He's what five eight five nine. 175, 180 pounds. Um, I, I don't know that you're going to put your right wide receiver room on his shoulders and expect him to carry it across the uh, the line. But overall, the Giants are just playing really, really great team ball, and uh, they're lifting each other up. And their their coach is the real deal. I don't know. It, I mean, I tend to agree with you, but it's. Uh... You know, somebody's watching Kenny Galladay shares just wither on the vine. It was nice to find a Giants wide receiver that actually produced something. Right. Uh, we moved to Pittsburgh where we got another of the most surprising outcomes on the day. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers fall 18 to 20 to the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're going to start with the Buccaneers. You know, with all of the Steelers missing on defense, we thought it was going to be a get-right game for the Tampa Bay offense, and yet they score only 18 points. Tom Brady under 250 yards. Is it time to get concerned about this Tampa Bay offense? You know, maybe taking half of the prep week off to go to Robert Kraft's wedding wasn't a great idea. Um, uh, you, you know, Brady has – He's got a lot of shit going on off the field, to quote, to paraphrase Tom Brady. Um, and that's never easy. And their weakness is the center of the offensive line, those three interior linemen. And that creates a lot of discomfort for Brady uh, in the passing game. I think they're going to be fine. Uh, do they have a Super Bowl run in them? I don't know about that. I think they're going to make the playoffs. Um, but they need to get the line shaped up so Brady can feel comfortable um, getting Evans and, you know, keeping Evans healthy, getting Godwin back, him being healthy. Uh, that's definitely uh, key to him having weapons. You know, Fournette's playing great. You know, his, his yard, per at, yard per carry wasn't a big number this week, but he's catching the ball and he's grinding out the yardage 
you're getting the tough yards. Yeah, it is weird, though. Buccaneers, for all the weapons that they have, five out of their six games, they've been under 21 points. That was the case definitely on Sunday. On the flip side, Kenny Pickett started it, but got knocked out with a concussion, becoming a trend for quarterbacks all across the NFL this year. Mitch Trubisky comes off the bench and does something that he didn't do in any of his games that he started. He slung the ball 9-12, 144 yards and a touchdown, getting the win. What do you – if you know, supposing Pickett gets cleared, quarterback controversy, you think they go right back to the rookie? You know, it's interesting because Jerry Dulock um, had an article come out in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette today uh, that in that during halftime of that game when Mitch got uh, benched, that Deontay Johnson was throwing a wide receiver diva hissy fit about wanting, needing the ball thrown to him more. And at he, not just off to the side, like at Trubisky, and that Trubisky was giving it back to him, um, holding his ground. You know, the inter Johnson had the interception bounce off his hands, uh, missed another easy one, and so. But for whatever reason, uh, Tomlin deemed it uh, that they needed a spark from the rookie, and I, I don't know. Maybe Mitch got the shaft a little bit there. And, you know, winning is a great deodorant. And there's some talk that maybe over the years, things weren't always as well, as fine-tuned as it was perceived in the Mike Tomlin era. Um, You know, there are two and four now, and some of these people are starting to get a little ouchy about things. And it's it's getting public with social media now. It doesn't take long for stuff to get public. So, uh, you know, it's coming out that this argument happened. We'll see. I think Mitch handled it well, but from everything we can see, the rookie went in, and when it was his time to play again, he was ready. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I mentioned the the Dolphins and the Steelers are the Sunday night football game, so we'll get to see the Steelers back in prime time. On to Los Angeles, where the Panthers continue to be a dumpster fire. New coach, same result. They lose 24-10 to to the Rams. The bigger story might be what happened on the sideline, which is interim coach Steve Wilkes sending Robbie Anderson to the bench, or sorry, to the locker room during the middle of the game. Anderson was then moved to the Cardinals this morning. Dennis, what does this mean for the Panthers and for Robbie Anderson? Well, Robbie Anderson fucked around, found out. That's for damn sure. You know, he's like found out he's now option number six for a low volume passing team. Steve Wilkes was like, "You think it sucks here? I'm going to send you to Arizona. I know what it's like there." And he got him out of town. Did you hear what the compensation was for the trade yet? I it was like that. a seventh round pick. Yeah, it was literally a GTFO trade. Right. You know, I I, I said last week that. I felt bad for Wilkes taking over as the interim because it pretty much was going to rule out him getting a shot to be the head coach again. And and I, I'd like to see some of these guys that feel that they have to take shitty situations because it'll be their only opportunity to be a head coach, get more chances or get another chance quicker. And maybe Wilkes falls into that category. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on in Carolina. It's a, it's a mess. And having Baker Mayfield there, I don't think helps any of that. Um, and Matt Rule didn't help any of it. I, I don't, I, I think that Wilkes is looking around and he's saying, look, if I want to get another legitimate shot, I'm going to do this my way and F everybody else. And you don't want to be here. You want to be an ass on the sideline? Good. You go and you get out of here. I'm going to get some capital for you. We're going to move on. The guys in this locker room, we're going to start to pull it together. And we're going to start to fight. You know, I, I, I think they're probably going to have more people get moved uh, than Robbie Anderson. Um, but, yeah, hey, have a round and find out. 
Anything that brings us closer to me seeing Terrace Marshall actually get a target, I'm all for. On the flip side, the the Rams have their own fuck around and find out uh, situation with Cam Akers that maybe we'll get some clarity on this week. It wasn't always pretty. They were actually at one point losing to the Panthers after another pick six for Matthew Stafford, but the Rams do manage to get 24 points on the board and win by 14, covering the 10.5-point home spread. Eight different players uh, got carries in this game, including Stafford and Daryl Henderson, which was fascinating. Was this a get-right game for the Rams or a case of them catching the right opponent at the right time? You know, let's not get it twisted. It was the Panthers. I mean, the Rams still have a, a, a exceptional defense. Um, those guys are going to play. The, the Rams have a good team. I, you know, I'm not sure why Ronnie Rivers and Tutu Atwell are getting carries, even with Cam. Akers. I'll take the Ben Skaronic one. I actually had to play him in a league where I was way, you know, in the hole with injuries and bye weeks and stuff. So seeing that 17 yard rushing touchdown was a salve to my soul. You know, it was good to see Allen Robinson finally come around. Hopefully, this is a uh, harbinger of things to come and not a. Uh, Oasis in the desert of uh, uh, whatever. Oasis in the desert. Don't you hate it when you fall on your face halfway through? I mean, I was excited. A-Rob did have a better game, but then I saw, like, Skoranek got the rushing touchdown and also had five receptions, so I was trying not to get too excited. I still don't know if we learned much about the Rams from this game. I mean, they spread the ball around now outside of Cooper Cup. Cup still, he had eight receptions. I think if if it's a tight game, you know, Cup's going to have 15, 15, or he had eight targets. If it's a tight game, Cup's going to have 15 targets because that's where the trust is. is. The rest of it, it just needs to keep building. Skoranek drops a lot of passes. I don't see him surpassing uh, uh, Allen Robinson, but he's going to be the number three until he gets pushed away. Yeah, maybe at some point Jefferson will actually uh, make an appearance. Uh, Um, He'll be coming up next week, I saw today. I think he's getting activated next week. On to uh, two other NFC West teams. The Arizona Cardinals traveled to Seattle and left with the 19-9 loss. I actually called that was my upset of the week. So thank you, Geno Smith. Not a great game from you, but you still did what I needed to do. On the flip side, though. The Arizona Cardinals wasn't really an upset. The Cardinals were favored, which I thought was kind of a joke since they were both two and three teams. I'm going by, I'm going by the stupid favoring system that they have. Uh, Kyler Murray, you know, throws for a couple hundred, runs for a hundred yards. His team's two and four. They just we mentioned got went and got Robbie Anderson. They have DeAndre Hopkins coming back off of suspension. What more does Kyler need to do for this team? I, I don't know. I think we've seen everything he can do. And in my eyes, it's not winning football. Um, I've never been a Kyler Murray fan. Uh, I think if street ball is your thing, then Kyler Murray is your guy. He's going to run around and then he's going to run around some more and he's going to chuck it deep. Uh, you know, getting DeAndre Hopkins back, Robbie Anderson, latest report I saw, not Robbie Anderson, Marquise Brown. The latest report that I saw was it's looking like it wasn't quite as bad as feared and it might only be about a six-week injury. I think Anderson steps in and takes some of that deep stuff that that uh, Marquise Brown was running. Whether or not him and uh, Murray can develop chemistry and timing quick enough for that to actually matter, I don't know. But Zach Ertz is having a really good season. And – you know, I spent last night as the game was winding down going through all my lineups and sticking DeAndre Hopkins in my week seven lineup. Watch him be inactive next week. I'm going to be so pissed. Yeah, well, watch it be like a 13 target AJ Green game for all we know. On the flip side for Seattle, they had been riding the hot hand of Geno Smith, but he wasn't that hot this week. You had mentioned you thought tight ends could have a chance to succeed against Arizona. We saw Noah Fant with perhaps his best game of the season for them, catches six for 45. Is it a product of the opponent, or is he starting to develop a role here in Seattle? You know, tight ends had 10 of 31 targets. 
And so I, I think some of it was definitely game plan. Um, and it's a the situation we've seen with them and their tight ends over the course of the first six weeks is it could be any one of them getting four or five targets. And so I'm a little bit nervous with Fant and the seven targets. I, I don't think I'm rushing out to add him as a savior for my tight end position. But we know he's a pretty good tight end. Um, I just, he's a low end tight end too at this point because you just don't know what the volume is going to be and that on any given week, it could be a different tight end. Yeah, I wanted to feel hopeful about Fant, but I guess we will uh, we will see. I mean, the, the Seattle tight end situation is like a lot of my fantasy teams. I don't have one of the elite ones. So I grabbed like three mediocre ones, and I'm just trying to play the right one each week. Well, that's, I mean, I feel like the entire tight end position is a bunch of mediocre options. I was looking today, you know, Tyler Conklin seemed like the zero tight end truth or hero for three weeks. And he's only seen, um, he's only seen eight targets over the last three games total since Wilson came back three in the last two games only caught one, which I guess is three more targets than Elijah Moore. But it's like, you know, tight end just seems like it's such a, a toss up position. On to what was actually uh, probably the best game of the day, um, and it turned out the way I was hoping for, so that made it better for me, and that's Buffalo Bills heading into Kansas City and winning 24-20. to 20. Dennis, are the Bills the best team in the NFL? Man, it's close between them and Philly. It, it really is. Uh, I, I feel like the Bills are a little bit better on defense and have a little bit better running game. Uh, or, yeah, the running game is kind of on par. With Philadelphia, it's the style is different in what they do in the running game. Um, you know, we've seen with basically if you roster Devin Singletary, you're going to need to figure out what the game script is going to be because if it's close, then Devin Singletary is getting high leverage touches, 17 for 85 yesterday. Um, they, the Bills were so confident they were going to be using Devin Singletary, they deactivated Zach Moss. Uh, I think Moss has actually lost his spot to Cook because Cook has been looking better and getting more, which – it's fascinating. Just when you think Zach Moss is like building some momentum, it turns out he's just the guy that they're happy to have around as long as they can't find anyone better. Yeah, it's a good, great job if you can get it, I guess. I The Bills were my pick to not only go but to win the Super Bowl preseason, so I thought they were going to be the best team, and nothing I've seen has really put me off. It, it was kind of a – it was a little bit of a fluky loss, in my opinion, the one to Miami, the yeah. kind of thing that happens when you're playing division rivals. They could easily be 6-0 as well. But Philly, we'll get to them in a minute. They're definitely looking good. On the flip side, I told you on Friday, Dennis, I didn't think there was a single receiver I could trust for, for the Chiefs. And Juju Smith-Schuster heard me and uh, was very angry that I had lost faith. Goes out there, has two 40-plus yard plays catches a touchdown five for 113 is this you know just the kind of thing that can happen when you have Patrick Mahomes or is this a sign of things to come you know even a blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while my dad they only find the nuts when I say they're on this sit list for the week though no I you know Marquez Valdez Gantling put up a goose egg Uh, did you watch that game though I watched some of I, I felt like crying for you because he caught a touchdown and it got nullified by a freaking hold or yeah. illegal formation. It's, you know, Juju is, he's a wide receiver, low end three, high end four with some upside. Um, I just don't, I, I, I don't really, I'm not buying it. He's, he looks slow. Uh, I think Travis Kelsey looks faster than him, honestly. Um, I, I, if I'm going to play a Kansas City wide receiver and it's going to be Juju 
I'm going to need to see a couple, three more consistent weeks out of him uh, with this kind of production before I move in that direction. That's the thing that kills me. I don't think you're ever going to feel confident starting a receiver outside of Kelsey because, yeah, you could get this five for 113 and a touchdown from Juju, but you could easily get the two for nine yards, which I think is what he had two weeks ago. It's just uh, I think they did it to spite me. At least Kansas City lost. That's all I care about. Right. Uh, the Sunday night football game was uh, was one we were looking forward to. The Cowboys heading to Philadelphia and fall twenty six to seventeen. It was an odd game. The the Eagles building a twenty to nothing lead. The Cowboys cutting it to a three point game and then sort of fading away. Dennis going in a lot had been made of Cooper Rush being undefeated and maybe being the tonic the Dallas Cowboys needed. Certainly did not look that way last night. Does this kind of put an end to the Cooper Rush should be starting over Dak Prescott argument? No, there was never an argument. There, anybody making that argument was just trying to get clicks. I mean, the story is that Cooper Rush. Is Cooper Rush is just old Bailey Zappi. That's all Cooper Rush is. He's he's a guy. He's gonna be around. He's gonna not lose you games, but he's not gonna carry the team. Hopefully, he doesn't make mistakes. He's he's. I mean, he's played well. If if you lose your quarterback for five six games, this is what every team hopes for. But it could have just as easily been a Skylar Thompson situation where he was running around like crazy or a P.J. Walker situation uh, or a Kendall Hinton situation. I mean, we, I mean, do we remember Ben DiNucci? I mean, like, holy cow, that was so – I mean, let, let's, not, let's not get crazy here. Cooper Rush, is a, he's going to be a career backup. Like, he's not going to go next year and get offered a chance to compete for a job. I like that he's playing well, but he's not going to – nobody's going to say, hey, sign this free agent contract. We're going to let you compete for a job. I don't know. It depends on if the Washington run office stays the same. Did you think, though, in week six of the NFL season, we'd be legitimately talking about starting quarterbacks or quarterbacks playing meaningful snaps, including Jacob Eason, P.J. Walker, Bailey Zappi, Cooper Rush? I mean, it's it's Skyler Thompson. It's it's football. I mean, we have three third string quarterbacks start games this week. Yeah, I, I started two of them in the same game. <laughs> That's right. Oh, what a day! On the flip side, the Eagles still the league's only undefeated team, six and zero. They are off next week on a bye, so they will uh, remain the league's only undefeated team through seven weeks. Dennis, how dangerous is this Eagles team? It's very dangerous. I mean, they're running the ball really, really well. Oh, and by the way, that team that I started P.J. Walker and Skylar Thompson on, uh, I am currently up 173 to 115. So what you're saying is you got a chance. (laughs) I do. Um, you know, they run the ball really, really, really well. And, you know, speaking of waking up feeling dangerous, Jalen Hurts is playing out of his mind. He's doing – he's making all the right moves. He's throwing it well when he needs to throw it well. It wasn't a crazy – he had a 60% completion rate and only 155 yards, but he threw two touchdowns. And Miles Sanders just chewed up the – Dallas defense, 18 carries for 71 yards. Hertz had nine for 27. That's fine. Gainwell, five for 25. Boston Scott, six for 60. You know, it wasn't like it was, they didn't, the offense didn't like blow the doors off the Cowboys. The defense kept the Cowboys in check. Yeah. And you know, what's Fascinating from a fantasy standpoint, too, is I think they, aside from Hertz, they have kind of four fantasy relevant options. The two receivers in Smith and Brown, Goddard at tight end, and Miles Sanders. And it seems like now we're seeing after a few weeks, they can only really keep three of them with yep. good games any one particular week. So Goddard was the odd man out last night, but it was, you know, all that 
uh, AJ Brown looked good. Um, you know, I thought Devonta Smith looked good. Sanders looked good. Uh, but if you rolled Goddard, you were probably a little sad. Next week, it'll, it'll be somebody else's bingo card will come up. But I'm with you. Their defense looks good. I, I thought the Eagles had a chance to be a surprising team. They're just not a surprise anymore. They're, they're just outright good. But in, in an NFC that is quite a toss-up right now, um, it's interesting. The Eagles and the Vikings are almost the only two teams that are distancing themselves from the crowd. So be fascinating to see. Still well, season left. I know, still a lot of season left. Uh, Monday Night Football is coming up. The the Broncos activated Justin Simmons, Greg Dulcich, and Michael Ojemudia off of the IR for tonight. So Justin Simmons going to be making his return just to get my hopes up before they can get dashed on the first play. I believe Keenan Allen has now officially been ruled out. Yes. yes. So Albert O is inactive. Alberto, I have to be honest, may, may not be employed for a whole lot what longer. I I don't understand. I don't know if something happened weird in the off season or if he's just not developing rapport. But with Dulcich coming back, it's real bad. Alberto was one of my favorite stashes this off season, and they there's well. legitimate Broncos beat reporters that are suspecting he's going to get cut. Um. And I don't really know what to make. Eric Saubert has looked like a better tight end, I have to be honest. Yeah. I, I don't. And with Dulcich coming back, I guess we will see what's happening. I'm just hoping the offense looks a little bit better than the peak at offense that we've seen in the last few weeks. I'm still picking you, Denver, but I guess it just means I'm prepared to get hurt again. Yeah. Chargers for me. Well, that'll do it for today. Matt and I will be back on Wednesday looking at another scintillating Thursday night game. The Arizona Cardinals uh, with their brand new Robbie Anderson at wide receiver will take on the New Orleans Saints. And we'll find out if any Saints are actually going to be active for that game. So Matt and I will touch on that. And then next Friday, we will be previewing all of the week seven action. It's hard to believe we are already at week seven. But until then, hope you have a good night. Dennis, what should the people do? Give us a follow at the uh, at Roundtable FF uh, on Twitter. Uh, rate us, review us, go download the podcast, listen, don't listen, whatever. You know what? Do, does a torn lap muscle prepare for glory? I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's in the end zone. For an unbelievable touchdown! I would be honored.